we're live. Coachability Podcast with Coach Neil. Coach Kel, where we're about to get a little bit smarter, a little bit stronger, and a little bit richer today. Let's get it. All right, you guys. Rapid fire question of the day. Neil, what is your favorite tool in the gym? Kettlebell. Kettlebell. Fell in love with them. I took strong first uh, middle of the year last year. So I trained strictly kettlebells for like too long, like three or four months. You like develop a bond with them. Sure. The calluses you form. The sting, you know, when you flap it around the the Uh, wrist on the the, snatch. Yes, but right between my my radio and ulna, they're like the the, the cartilage build up there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, kettlebell. I like them. You got to earn it, too. Uh, Very dynamic tool at that. What about you? If I had to pick one, BOSU ball. (laughs) (laughs) No. I did see you coach with BOSU ball yesterday. I was, what was I working on? Uh, a little side plank, hip drop maybe? I do like that good. on the BOSU ball. It's no, like slightly I'm not mad at it. I just saw you grab it. I go, what's he doing? Yeah. Where is he taking? I might just bounce on it for a little bit. He might. You know? Some people tell me it's good for the uh, the lymphatic system if you just bounce on it. <laughs> That's what I say with the power plate. <laughs> yeah. What's the power plate good for? Uh, draining your system? Yeah. It's getting things flowing. I'm hoping Vibrating. <laughs> okay. So, you guys, we got a special one for you today. I'm going to interview Neil. And Neil's going to share his story, the come up, if you will. So I'm really excited for this. And as we always do, I have no idea where Neil's going to go with this story. It's, it's fresh. It's organic. So I'm hearing it for the first time, too. All right. Enjoy. All right, team, as mentioned in the intro, we have Coach Neil with us today. And we're going to hear the story of Coach Neil, the come up, if you will. You know. All right. So to get us jump started here, how did you get started in the industry? Why did why did Neil want to become Coach Neil? When think, did that happen? Yeah, yeah. I think it all starts with a love of fitness. Okay. You find that fitness is like when you first fall in love with it, you find that fitness is like a whole other aspect of life you didn't even know existed. Sure. Once you stopped having to, once I had to stop, once I stopped exercising because I had to for sport mm-hmm. and because I wanted to, I was like, oh, this is great. Yeah. Stress reliever. <laughs> uh, yeah. Fun. Yeah. Social. Uh, uh, fun, fun to build muscle at the time too. Right? Totally. And so I had a lot of success in fitness early and that's what like led me to just continue to focus on fitness. Yeah. It's probably what led me to major in kinesiology. And I'd say sometime during my kinesiology degree, I went to Cal State San Marcos, is when I started to coach my friends. Yeah. I think that's what started first. Yeah. So I would work out with people, because we all know it's funner to work out with folks, and you mm-hmm. push harder and that kind of stuff. I, I found myself working out with fellow classmates or fellow friends at the facility at Cal State. Not a very nice facility, but got the job done. It, uh, what are we looking at in there? I mean, we don't have to like uh, beat du- it up. Dusty but. dumbbells, but a lot of females. Okay. Hey, that'll so get, it was that'll the get you going. Perfect atmosphere. Get a little hey. dust on your shorts while you're, while you're pulling up the 100s to do some bench press with someone watching in the background. <laughs> Look at it. <us. laughs> you're motivated. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so that was fun. No, so, but what, what happened was I found myself coaching my friends and, and kind of always leading the session, always leading the workout. Okay. Like, hey, we should do this, then that, then this. And they're like, for some reason, believing me. So it's kind of naturally happening yeah. at this point. Yes, almost. I found myself being a leader in the weight room. Did, do you, did you ever have a moment where it hit you like, almost kind of looking at me for advice here, like maybe I'm just kind of good at this? I, like, yeah. 
Yeah, I think so. I think <laughs> in the in the in the very uh, egocentric college gym hierarchy, the biggest guy is looked at as the uh, yeah as sure the most knowledgeable. Yeah. And damned if I wasn't the biggest guy, Kel. That's right. Six foot seven, maybe two fifty at the time. Get him, get him. <laughs> so whatever, for whatever reason, people believe me. People believe what I had to say, and I got good at telling people what to do. And so I'm working two part-time jobs at the time, trying to make ends meet. Um, school's full time, and I'm just working two minimum wage jobs. And I'm getting towards the end of my degree. It's my last semester, and I said, someone talked to me about personal training, and said, "Hey, you should personal train." I said. Okay, yeah, yeah. What if I take this knowledge I've consumed for the past couple of years and apply it and right. help people get fitter as a result and make more money than $8 an hour? Totally. Right? That's probably where a lot of us get started is, is you hear like you can make, I don't know, 25 bucks an hour or something. Yeah, well, like, what? Ah, that's two to three I'll times do more anything than anything for $25 yeah. an hour. Absolutely. I understand that. <laughs> and that's, that's probably where a lot of young coaches are coming from. I'm thinking back and yeah, I was able to like, double to triple my income per hour but you know what they don't tell you <laughs> is that you're going to have eight clients in a row working for eight hours to get that 25 bucks they don't tell you that that's not easy huh yeah <laughs> yeah yeah no oh yeah or just the yeah a minimum wage hourly job where you could just mail it in is way easier than anything to yeah do with selling and then training and then maintaining, retaining. Absolutely. Anyways, yeah, but that's a good point. I bet, I bet the dollar, dollar per hour brings a lot of young coaches in. Yeah. I know, I sure did me. And so I, uh, rude awakening when I started at 24-hour fitness back in the day. This is my last semester in college. I, I applied there, got the job there, and I sucked. What are the struggles? I was bad. It's, of course, you know, hey, hindsight's twenty twenty. I didn't know it was terrible back then. Yeah. But I just wasn't good at where can we begin programming, um, exercise selection, acquiring cue, business, cueing, sure, selling, yeah, all of it. I wasn't very good. What did you have? People skills. Yeah. Yeah. Communication skills. I think uh, I was able to build rapport and trust with yeah. some folks, so I could at least try to convince them I knew what I was talking about. Sure. I was still going to school, so well, you got to have something. If you're feeling like you can get into it, right? Like people are looking up to you at this point, like mm -hmm. friends. So you know you've got something, and that's probably giving you the confidence to get started. But then you get in there, and you're like, oh, it's not just yeah. being the biggest guy in the gym anymore. Yeah. Yeah. It. Um, I remember we, you know, hey, we joke about um, if we had the opportunity to give our first five clients their money back, mm -hmm. I would do it, right? I would do it right away. I'd, I'd probably do it too. Yeah. Or I'd just be so fired up to work with them again. I'm like, do over, Yeah, let's I, go, light them up. For free, I will train you now just to prove my worth yeah. that I didn't deliver back then. It's almost, Yeah, you're like saying thank you for, for putting up with me and let me learn off of you. Yeah, no, seriously. Hope the shoulder feels Thanks okay. Thanks for helping me through the period of suck. <laughs> yeah. Hope those knees are all right. Sorry, <laughs> sorry for loading that leg press too heavy with that valgus collapse. Right. I didn't know, but um, I did. For, yeah, I, I did. Uh, okay, I did okay. I learned on the job. I must have learned a ton looking back at it in the first couple months of just being exposed to the process of selling selling people and training people and and just learning in that environment. It was very humbling, but also. I look back and it was necessary for sure that the period of suck that we talk about. Yeah. I do remember one 
one uh, instance in, in, in particular, Cal, when the uh, senior trainer there, she, she ran the facility, this older, mm-hmm. older lady, she just coached you know, eight hours in a row every day, packed schedule, used to work out with her clients, just a stud, mm-hmm. stud, a former triathlete, just, I looked up to her, right? I remember one day we're training a, uh, a couple together. I'm training the husband, she's training the wife. And we're, we're separate, we're not doing the same exercises, but she looks over at me, she smiles. And after the session, she comes up and says, you know, Neil, hey, you're, you're good at this. You could be good at this. I was like, huh. I remember that being a moment where I was like, that's, I look back at it now and say, that's coaching. Yeah. Like, that was a coach coaching a young coach who didn't even know that he was a coach at the time. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. You know that? Like, it was her. Or was, how much you needed that. Yes. It's really neat. It's like, yeah. there's a takeaway in that, in, that, in that story. It's like, you never know as a coach what people will latch onto and remember that you said. I thought that was really, really And neat. she may but have not known that she, you admired her and no, her work ethic, what she's doing. And does she remember her saying that? Of course not. You know, but it, was it, a big it, moment it, in, for you. it impacted me because I was like, huh, yeah, maybe I can. Nothing like a little affirmation, right? Absolutely. That's just human nature. Well, you know, in this, in any industry, you're probably looking for that, some type of positive feedback, something that the affirmation that gives you this feeling of, it's going to be okay. And like I think about this with like an artist, say you, uh, say a young rapper, or whatever. We both like hip hop, and they're like, "I think I'm good. I think I'm good." And you release maybe the first mixtape, and a lot of people oh, like it. And then you're like, "Oh, okay, good. I am good. Yeah. It is. You know, so no, it's everything. It's everything." So yeah. So hey, that was that was a moment that stuck with me as far as like maybe I could do this mm-hmm. at a higher level if I continue to try. Okay. And so I finish up, I, I finish up my bachelor's degree, and I say. Uh, pumped about that, right? I want to I want to take my bachelor's degree and move up move up in the world. I don't have any other aspirations at the moment. I knew I wanted to get this degree and, and, and go from there because I'm putting so much energy and effort into school. It's all you can think about when you're in it. Right. But I go, okay, well I do want to let, let okay, I want to take this bachelor's degree and move up in the personal training field. So how can I how can I move up? Well it just so happened, lucky enough, uh, a great facility called Equinox was opening up near where I lived here in San Diego. So what is Equinox? Quick Google search. Oh, that's Equinox. Fancy. Naked people on the cover, just luxury fitness. Yeah. I go, whoa, hey, this, this could be fun. Spot for me. <laughs> this could be a good spot. Yeah, at least definitely move up in, in, the, in the fitness world. And so I applied and thankfully got the job. And another rude awakening. Right? There's steps. There's stages as a coach. There's stages we can look back to. And it's fun looking back to and saying, whoa, that was a, that was a jump up the up the yeah. ladder of, of growth, if you will. We started off, before the gym even opened, it was just a bunch of wood at the time. And we started off, me and a group of, must have been 20 to 25 young coaches, or of various ages, just young to Equinox, coaches that um, all got hired at the same time. We all did this onboarding together, right? And I'm looking around the room and thinking, you know, you, you kind of size everyone up, right? Have to. Based off looks alone I'm not sure based off how they talk how they yeah. feel how they carry themselves I'm like I'm not I'm not good I'm not good enough maybe I'm looking at the room like that person's probably better that person's probably better and it's totally not about that looking back at it's it not, it's such but a, you can't it's such a rookie it. mindset to not size yourself up though true and they're probably thinking that of me too right they're probably that guy yeah. oh look at him what are those what he knows what he's doing his arms are as long as my legs <laughs> so <laughs> So, 
you know, we, we, we go through this process of onboarding and we open up the facility and it is as beautiful as they promised and one of the best places to train, I'm sure, with the San Diego sun coming in. Mm. And it's just such a good spot to, to coach. And unfortunately, I still wasn't good, mm. right? In my, in, in my young coaching journey up to this point, this is by far the most important point in the story in that this is a crossroads of sort. So the first month we were open, Cal, I, I must have sat down with 30, 35 people and walked away with Good amount, folks. less than a handful. Mm. Terrible closing percentage. Not good. Terrible. And there's folks in there that are, that are excelling, that are packing their schedule like full time, uh, just not even ruining their schedule anymore within a month, right? Oh. And so I'm beating myself up because that's just what you do as a a human yeah. that, that's not doing as well, well you're, as you're you're competitive I mean the Neil I know is a high performer so you're not maybe making ends meet there like all of a sudden yeah a lot yeah, of self-doubt no, yeah money's tight paycheck to paycheck I, like we know in this industry if you're not coaching if you're not in front of a client that's paying you you're not getting paid right so it's terrifying when you start to start I kind of got into this negative momentum of of lack of confidence once once it, a couple people told me no then right. a couple more told me no oh. and it, you, you start to like talk you start to, to expect the no you start more to than expect the yes yeah we know this guys and so a month in I'm like this I don't think this is for me right I, I had an internship in college and the and the guy was nice enough to say when I left that if you he, he really liked me with a good good relationship he said hey if you want um to come back. I, mean, I told him I had to try this full-time thing at Equinox. I needed all my time and I couldn't do two things at once. So I, I told him I got to go. But he said, hey, if you ever need a job, let me know. Okay, was was this a good gig? Would this be like a step up, step down? Oh, step down. It, yeah. Well, yeah. Step laterally, one could argue. It was, sure. uh, it was, a, it was called Stretch You. Yeah. yeah. We stretch people for an hour, which was... Well, you got some levers. Which was a great idea, right? Yeah. People all are tight. And so it taught me how to stretch, if nothing else. But it wasn't what I wanted to do with my sure. life. It wasn't my first job out of college, yeah, right? Yeah, I didn't yeah. want that to be my, my gig that I tell folks I'm doing back at home. Yeah, you're you know not I mean? just stretching, folks. Yeah. But a month in, I'm unsure of my future success as a coach. So I, I, I remember drafting an email no. to, this, to this gentleman. It was like, hey, I think this isn't working out. I may take you up on that offer that you, that you said back in the day. I... I didn't send it though. Didn't send it. I didn't send it. Had a babe. Yeah. So I I remember drafting it, and that, that being the point where I was like, a little like aha moment of sorts. Like this is like the crossroads in Neil's life, right? So you, you've got it drafted. Are you looking in front of the computer right now? I want to visualize. Yeah. So you've got it all drafted. You I'm get drafting. hit send. I, you know this negative self talk loop has been going on for a month, month <laughs> and a half now. It's dark in there. It's dark, and I'm like, yeah. I, that's okay. It's, maybe it's not for me. This, it's a, you, know, you start I, to justify. Yeah. Oh, that's okay. I could do something else with my degree, blah, blah, blah. But then I say, hold up. What if I take matters into my own hands? I was in maybe a, I was blaming maybe everything other than myself. Sure. For my lack of success. Well, victim early. mindset right then. Yeah. Like I was like, oh, well, these, maybe these people aren't buying because this or that or this and Maybe it's yeah. not the right facility. Well, it can't right. be you yet, it can't right? Be, yeah. yeah, no, I'm too young and naive at the time. 
But what changes then is there is a flip in the switch and there's two roads to take. One is not Coach Neal, one is Coach Neal. Thank goodness I went left to Coach Neal. Yeah. What Coach Neal did then is take matters into his own hand. I adopted a growth mindset. I said, where am I lacking? Why am I not, why am I not bonding closing with or creating buy-in? Why am I not yeah. creating buy-in? I think it was lack of confidence. It was lack of confidence via lack of strong, high-level communication skills. Okay. And so what I did is I went out and bought two communications books. Yeah, that's a profound learned realization yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, and, I, and hey, I'm not an avid reader at the time, so going buying books like, was like, oh, this is, feels a little funny right. to me, but uh, where else do I turn? I, I did some research online, and uh, shout out to How to Win Friends and Influence People. Yeah, Dale. And then Dale's a stud. 92 tricks and tips on how to talk to anyone. That's fun. Yeah. 92. 92 tricks. You think tips. you got to like 91? He's like, I only got one more in the bank. Uh -huh. so. Yeah, yeah. I had to stop here. Didn't have 100 in me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so no, I read these two books and what it, what it taught me is it regained my confidence. I started to use these tricks and tips when I'm talking to people like eye contact yeah, tips, yeah, yeah. Like saying names, yeah, yeah, holding yeah. myself, body language tips. Uh, um, kind of self-talk tips mm -hmm. mid-conversation mid to not get lost in your own head. And what happened, Kel, is I shifted it. I, I changed what, I changed, I'm gonna say the, the course of my life in that I started to have success, right? I started to close people. I started to develop a little bit of swagger. Hey. A little bit of coaching swagger. There you go, let's there swing. A, there was a time, uh, I remember, I, it was mid-June, because my birthday is around June, and I told myself I wanted to have success by June. If that doesn't come by my birthday, then it's not for me. Okay. I'm going to go be accountant, Neil, or whatever oh. was going to happen, right? Puke. And I remember there was a day close to my birthday when I closed three people back to back to back. Oh, and let's they go. All, they all bought in. Bah, bah, bah. I remember that day is when it became Neil's Fitness. How about it? That's when I took that gym over. That's when That's I said, this is, this is my gym. This is, yeah. this is my facility. You this start is, walking around with that. You're like, yeah. yeah. It changed my, the way I walk, it changed the way I coach, the way I talk, the way I interact. <sighs> The way I sold people, the way I just—it all changed when I when I when I built momentum, and it be, and it came from a from a humble realization that the version of who I was at the time wasn't good enough, and it was only in my hands to change yeah. it. I had a I had a client recently say this. He said, "When when times are brightest or times are darkest, temptation will be presented to you." And it's up to you and what decision you're going to make and, and how you make that decision is, is going to be unique to you and only really you know how to make the decision. But I'm thinking that like it's this dark hole you're in right now or when you're thinking about going to stretch you and this and that and you've drafted the email and you're like, hold on, I'm not done yet. It hasn't, they haven't gotten my best yet. Yeah. And you decide to go down that route. And God, I'm I'm super fortunate you went that way because the Neil I know I didn't meet that Neil. Yeah, it's true. You know, I never saw that person. The person I've always seen has been confident, been a high performer, been consuming information at an alarming rate. <laughs> you know, so it started. Oh, it's fascinating. That was the birth of Coach Neil. Yeah, but to um, the awakening. The awakening. How about how it? often? In the, how often in this industry, Kel, do we see people that uh, young trainers come in and are so quick to to not give their best. Yeah, and so quick yeah. to so, so quick to 
to not give their best just in case if they don't succeed, they don't blame themselves because they tell themselves, I could have done hard, I could have tried harder. And if I would have tried harder, I would have succeeded, but it just wasn't for me. So it's about, like, I made the decision to try my hardest first. What yeah. if I give everything I got? What if I go consume information? What if I work on my weaknesses? What if I give everything I got? And if I don't succeed by my birthday mid-June, then I'll quit. That's John Wooden, man. Yeah. You know? Peace of mind that you gave it your best. That's success. Yeah. Yes, yes. I, that, that, whether or not it was going to work out, I knew I tried my hardest. Yeah, you had to figure that and out. And when you try your hardest, something weird happens. It works out. <laughs> <laughs> right. The harder I practice, the better I get. <laughs> <laughs> Go figure. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking about that that victim mindset that comes up, and I think it's exactly that. It's it's the person who wants to say, you, you're taking a test, and you're like, oh, I didn't really study. So if you fail, it's okay. But if you get an A, you're like, well, hey, I'm a whiz kid. I didn't really study, and I got my A. Right? Like, you have to leave yourself an out. Because people don't want to be vulnerable to saying, like, I, I fucking went for it, man. And it, it wasn't for me. Yeah. Which is sad. Like, I don't know where that comes from. It's, it's got to be this fear of failure. But anyway, get back to you. I'm proud of you that you took that turn and said, I'm going. I'm going to give it all my all. Huge lesson. Yeah. Huge lesson. And if, anyone, if anyone's in that time where it's like, hey, I'm not sure if it's for you or if it's for me, it's like, no. Figure it out. Like, it, go truly go figure it out first. Yeah. Give it a couple months give of just it, busting your tail. And find out. Because I'll bet it's right around the corner, that, yeah. you know, that, that, that glimmer of success enough to just get you addicted to it and like realize that you're good enough. Yeah. Or you're going to be good enough after you put in the hard work. So we can kind of come up to current day here. Like, you're a high performer now. I mean, you even coach other coaches now. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, so current day, um, it was cool to, it's cool to, to take that same growth mindset that might have developed that, that lowly day in whatever, April, uh, when I drafted that email, and then I decided to have that growth mindset, and then see how it just snowballed mm -hmm. into the person and the coach that I am today. And that's really fun to look back at and, 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 and think about, because yeah, good for you, after God. that, once I started, I, I read a couple of those books, and I just started, like you said earlier, consuming information. Oh my goodness. As if it's like the books are gonna be burned next Tuesday. You guys said, <laughs> like, w when I get into the facility and start working with Neil, I don't know how I get started, but we start talking books one day. And I, I recommend uh, The Surrender Experiment by Michael Singer, and it, it's a super fun Shout read. Out, great read. Yeah, but uh, he, goes, he goes, oh, okay, okay, cool, cool. And then I, I walk back in, I don't know, two days later, tops, two days later, and, and Neil goes, Kel, best book ever. And I'm like, it's been like 52 hours. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> what? What? I went into this wormhole of self of like self-growth. Yeah. I'm, I'm single at the time. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. having success in my new career. I don't have school anymore. Yeah. And I don't know if you remember That's when you first time. get out of school, you say, oh shoot, I don't have to dedicate time to studying sure. material that I don't care about. Or, yeah. or read books that I'm forced to read. Right. I have, I have time on my hands to focus on developing my career. And boy, did I do that, right? I read, I, don't, I lost track, but I read a lot of freaking books because I just had the time and the and the energy and the excitement that comes with, with the growth of consuming information and seeing how that information that you consume helps directly. Yeah, I, you know, with this, the hard work that you put in the consuming the information, 
you guys, once you get released into the real world and you start training people, don't think just because you got a degree that people are all of a sudden gonna wanna start working with you. That's like assuming like, hey, I went and got a, uh, I, I majored in business in school, so now I belong on Wall Street, you know? And, and I'm gonna do well on Wall Street at that. Like it's just, it's obviously they're different fields, but it's the same thing. Like, hey, I have a degree in Kines, so obviously everyone's gonna wanna train with me, right? Uh, no. Not at all. <laughs> You're gonna have to develop some people skills and some trust. That's, that's why we're here, Kevin. Yeah. That's why coachability exists. Because there is no class in college teaching how to do this job. There's not. There's no, no, there's, you don't learn how to sell in kinesiology degree. No. Right? You don't learn how to retain and, and program. Yeah, and yeah, and give the experience of coaching. Experience. You learn theory in school, which is great. You need the foundation. That's a good, yeah. But how are you going to apply it? Mm. Not to like give our, ourselves a, you know, a selfish plug, but that, that is why we exist, you guys. Like why we're doing the podcast, why we've got the mentorships, is we recognize the period of suck. We lived it. How cool would it have been to have someone else that, I mean, offered just a mentorship, no matter what the price, to say, hey, we'll expedite your career. <laughs> this is what you're going to need to learn. We'll and then you- even if you're pre-certified, say you're not even certified yet, and you're just thinking about it, and you went in and, and met with, with us, and you're like, oh, that seems like something I could do. That could be for me. So if training at San Marcos, Neil, mm. was like, oh, I heard about this course. I'm going to go check it out. And be like, that's, that's, okay, that's training. That's the industry. I think I could do that. Or maybe that's not for me. I'm going to go stretch, folks. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I, that's 100%. Like, if that would have happened earlier in my career, yeah. I would have saved a lot of suck. Yeah. I wouldn't have had to give those five people their money back, theoretically, in my head. Hopefully not. <laughs> no, that's good stuff. That's exactly. So tell me, okay, so now we're at this point where, <clears throat> you're succeeding. You're, you're training a lot of people. When I walk into this facility and I see you, and I don't know how long after it is this point where you, you take this drastic turn, but you're one of the high performers there, like top three coaches there, top two, top three. And then I see you start to train other coaches in this um, internal education platform that we have. Right. Yeah. No, it's the next lab we, we, we talk about steps up steps up you you we always search for i i, I assume if i know at least you and i do Kel, we always search for growth opportunities mm-hmm. in places where you can get a little bit more uncomfortable at times and so if we can say like my 24-hour finish job was uncomfortable early equinox i was uncomfortable uh mid mid uh, well when i first had success i was uncomfortable and i was like okay how can i get uncomfortable again what's the next step up after I, got little, for you. I got a little comfy um training one-on-one and it was it was it was coming to me. Like I'm yeah. flowing. I'm in. I've got swag. It's Neil's Fitness, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, everyone that walks in the door is should know my name and who I am and how how I coach and that kind of stuff. And so I said, how how can I take the next step up? And it's helping coaches coach. If I could if I could help young coaches or coaches early in the Equinox career succeed quicker mm-hmm. or easier or give them the knowledge that they need to yeah. apply to everyone they train, let's do that. And that was uncomfortable. Yeah. Because then you're like, people. yeah. Because then you're like, how often, uh, guys, does when we're out there coaching, we could say some stuff that maybe doesn't make perfect sense in in actual <laughs> sure. science, sure. but to the client, they they don't know any better, so they're just yeah. vibing with a head nod, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
It's true. But then once you We've get... all tied ourselves in a circle saying <laughs> yeah. something. You, you always have the answer when you're coaching a client. They ask yeah. you a random question. You go, well, yeah, that's because... And then you just kind of war- yeah. confuse them a little bit. And then they go, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're talking about fascia. <laughs> yeah. The first time you started talking about fascia or like talking about foam rolling, you're trying to explain it. And you go some roundabout way. And you're like, that sounded halfway decent. <laughs> I'm gonna clean that up. They but. stop listening after uh, after fascia, but you keep going, and then they believe you. Yeah. But once you get in front of other coaches who know what they're doing and have science background, you always all of a sudden have to make sure you know what you're doing. Well, buttoned up. Yeah, and that creates a good opportunity to learn at a higher level. Yeah. Like if if you know coaching one-on-one surface level, this is like coaching coaches is the next level up in that spectrum, and that taught a ton to me about what it takes to be successful. Mm-hmm. If I'm taking a young coach, how do I, <clears throat> what's the information that they need in order to succeed at Equinox, wh- where I struggled early? Yeah. And it's feeding people, it's feeding people the information that I wish I would have had. And that was a really cool opportunity and still is a cool opportunity. What gets you fired up now when you're in the one-on-one setting? Like before, it might have been just like gaining yeah. a client and taking them through some squats or something. I love a challenge of, uh, we know that the beauty of coaching, the beauty of this industry is it's evolving a little bit. Before it used to be just leg curls and tricep extensions yeah, and how do we yeah, grow yeah. muscles, how do we, that kind of thing. Now we're like life coaches, basically. 100%. With me on that, like we not only help people get fitter, but we, gotta, we also help people get a little mentally stronger. Yeah, I'd make the argument if you're doing it right, that's where you're, you're transitioning or moving towards. But that's my, I mean, that's my opinion. So that's, that's, that's what fire is, fires me up the most is mid-session, the, uh, the, the conversations that occur, right? It's, it, it's a tight 60 minutes, guys, or 60 seconds, I'm saying, yeah. in between sets. So we're not talking. We're not talking more than needs to be said, but it's, it's lifting people up midday. Like, we, it's fun to remind myself that this is the highlight of their day. Mm-hmm. How do we turn the spotlight on them, make them feel important? You know, inspire them to go attack their career better, to go attack that yeah, day yeah. better, and realize that fitness is just a small sample of the rest of their life. That one hour with me, if done properly, like I, I, I coach them, I make them sweat, but I also inspire and motivate. Yeah. And there's this, there, I like to think there's like this psychological drive that they leave with that they didn't have before they went. Like they in. leave, like even when they're attacking their day, coach Neil's in the back of their head. When they're like, ah, oh, this is tough. I'm gonna meet with my lawyers. Maybe I got something bad going on. And the coach deals back there saying, you got it. Yeah. You can do it. I love the you idea of being. Like, <laughs> you can do all things. I love the idea of being omnipresent. Right? When someone says, someone comes in early in a session and goes, hey, you're gonna love this. The other day, I'm, I'm like, yes, I am gonna love this. What are you gonna say? The other day, I was thinking about you. Like, yeah, this is great. And like, they're yeah, thinking yeah. about you when they were, uh, whether, it was, whether it was they're at the line for McDonald's and they said, ah, I shouldn't go. The yeah. meal wouldn't be happy, yeah, or yeah, thinking yeah. about you when they had a big board meeting. They're like, "Well, this isn't going to be tougher than the workout meal." But like, this yeah. So I love the idea of of, of leaving. You know that that. Well, that's that's the team aspect. That's being someone's coach. Yeah. You know, I met with a young trainer the other day, and I said, uh, "What do you think is the most important part when you're meeting with a new a new potential client? Like, what do you want to be?" And she goes, "Their friend." And I said, "No, their coach." You want to be their coach. You want to be friendly, sure. Yeah. But nobody's nobody's paying for friends. Oof. You know, like you don't you don't want to go buy a friend. That feels funny. Yeah. 
but you do want someone that holds you accountable to be the best version of yourself. That's what that about. feels nice. Yeah, that's a great way of saying it, Kel. Yeah, if I could get that person to leave a little bit of a better version of themselves than when they walked in, they walked in a little groggy, unmotivated, a little tired. They leave standing up straight, a little bit of swag in their mm -hmm. step. Maybe their biceps are pumped up a little bit. Yeah, and they walk out with just happy. And it's so funny because that's what you're thinking now, and you know that's powerful, but. Back when we first get started, we're like, "Well, I, I, I just got to make sure I got to we got to hit the squats and we got to hit the rows and I got to stay in these certain intensities and uh, it's it's overwhelming. Uh -huh. You're thinking all these X's and O's, <laughs> and now you're like, "Well, what matters for this person's day?" And I wonder in five, ten years if that's even going to change with our current mindset Ooh. and what's the most important, how you can make an impact. Ooh. I'm curious. I can't wait to see. Too. Yeah, we'll be on board. Mm -hmm. We'll be in the charge. I know that. That's yes, fun. Sir. It, it, it goes back to, I love your idea of collecting wins. Yeah. Guys, check out the blog if you had, and Coach Kel wrote a, a blog called Collecting oh, Wins. Oh, look at the shout out promo. And it, and it, that's what, that's what it is. It's all about like uh, that person comes in and a little bit groggy, tired, underperforming, and maybe their work that day before and they're not feeling so good. You don't need to, you don't need to PR a back squat in order for them to feel good leaving that day. Mm -hmm. You got to just, you got to feed them what they need that day. And that's a little bit of encouragement. It's a little bit of a reminder. That's, that's feeding them maybe it's less weight than normal, but then letting them do it way better. Yeah. And they don't notice that. They don't, they don't notice a subtle five-pound shift here and there. But if you give them a little bit less and they do it better, that you looked celebrate that? Yeah. That looked awesome. How'd you do that? Yeah. Well, I don't know. I just I guess I'm stronger. You know, I'm right. You're stronger. <laughs> I look great. And that goes, I think, more than, <clears throat> I think more than, we, more than we know. Check this. I got, I got to share this story. So good. So I'm, I'm reading this, uh, this book called Endure. <clears throat> and... Freshman in college, track, uh, he's running the, the 1500, which I, I, I guess it's just slightly over a mile, something like that, slightly under a mile maybe, it's slightly under a mile. 15 slightly yeah, under, yeah, 16 slightly under. a mile, yeah. <clears throat> so the time that he does freshman year, he's all excited to be at this new program, and he puts up like a, a 402. Yeah, right, like okay, super high level fast. performer. Right, so then, Fast forward to senior year, he's never beaten his 402. So he's been training, he's been logging everything. He's wow. getting stronger, yeah, he's, he's got his strength coaches, yeah. he's got his track coaches, but he's never beaten the 402. So one day they've got this, this meet and it's, the meet's at the, the known like worst track on their circuit that they're gonna do. So he's not really excited. He's like, maybe I'll just mail it in, whatever. <clears throat> Now he knows his splits. He's got to run about 31 second laps to go get his time of 402 that he's always searching for. <clears throat> Pardon. And he's like, my cadence is locked in. Like I know what my cadence is to get 31 seconds. I've done this for four years, right? So he runs the first lap. And as he comes through the start finish line of the first lap, the guy who's timing, they shout out the lap time. So people kind of know what they're on. The guy goes 27. And so he keeps running and he goes, am I going way too fast? Am I about to crap out second lap or am I just kicking ass right now? And he goes, don't have time to think about it. Keep kicking ass. So he runs, comes back around in the next one, 30. And he's like, I'm still kicking ass. And so he just decides to just keep going for it, going for it. And he sets his time and he breaks it at like sub four minutes, Jeez. right? Which is a, a lot of time to shave. And he always has his buddy track his splits. So after the race, he comes up to his buddy and he goes, 
can you believe I ran a 27 second first lap? I said, what are you talking about, dude? You were on your 31 splits like normal. And he's like, what? And he's like, yeah. And then the second lap, 31 split. And then on that third lap, for whatever reason, you just started flying. And he dropped it about 29, 28 on the fourth ah. lap. And so what he learned that day, he's like, nothing I had done that was physical, like my physical training did not impact that race. It was a mental switch that I said, I could do it today. It can happen today. Oh, wow. Right? That's so good. That broke through. So he's like, it changed my whole philosophy on training at that point. <laughs> he's like, I quit training my body as much as I started training my mind. Wow. Yeah. That's really good. So did, his, did the timer, was he lying? No, the timer just made a mistake, I guess. Oh, I thought, okay. But thought, a beautiful mistake for him. God, I thought his buddy was saying, 27, you're good, keep going. No, no, no. So the, the official timer said 27 <laughs> oh, wow. made a mistake, but the buddy's doing it. You know, with them, he's like, no, you're on your 31s, like normal. That's beautiful. Yeah. So it was like this beautiful mistake that allowed him to be like, oh, what's happening today? That's life. It changed everything. Yeah. (laughs) That's literally life. Yeah. That's us. Like we could easily be that person that makes a mistake, quote unquote, whether it's on purpose or drop five pounds and make them feel like they did. That's next level coaching. You know, it is. It's the mental side of things. Yeah. And. What do you, you know, so you mentioned those two books earlier, the Dale Carnegie, How to Win Friends and Influence People, and then 92 Tips and Tricks to, to talk with folks. Yeah, yeah, 92 uh, Tricks and Tips. Communicating. To speak to anyone. To speak to anyone. Let's, let's hit our young coaches, or all coaches out there with another, another book, a resource outside of ours <clears throat> that they can learn and grow with. Like maybe someone's facing a hardship and, and they're thinking about taking that right to stretch you and you're like, nah, man, you keep going. The Compound Effect. Compound Effect by Darren Hardy. Nice. That's a good one. It's a good book. That's a really good one. To, if you're close to the crossroads or at the crossroads and you think, geez, that's a long way to go to be wherever I want to be and it's, well, it might be way easier to do this way, you realize via the Compound Effect that everything in life takes time and it's about daily decisions to improve yourself mm-hmm. that matter drastically over years yeah, yeah, yeah. later, right? So it's small steps towards the person you want to be. And so it could be as simple as reading two pages a day to start building a habit. Once you start building a habit, you crave two pages. Next thing you know, you're reading six. Next thing you know, you're reading a book a week. And, and look at the knowledge you've gained as a result. So the yeah. compound effect just preaches that to any aspect of life. I remember I opened up my, my uh, IRA because of the compound effect. Oh, yeah. I started talking about money. Right? Yeah. I started talking about compound effect and money in the stock market. And I was like, uh, he's like, the, you know, he painted the picture of the, the younger you start, the, the more money you can have in Absolutely. retirement. And like, basically like, so like, start today if you haven't started. This is just a book talking to me, right? This yeah. is how powerful that book is. It's like, start today if you haven't started. The earlier you start, the better. I was like, I better start today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. like instantly pull up fidelity. I did, yeah. yeah. No, it's that simple. But that, uh, that book goes a long ways to teaching people that s- the smallest things that you think don't make a difference make a difference over time and you can go one way or the other and that's the compound effect for bad habits the compound effect for choosing to not right do what you know you should do and how it does matter over time whether or not you choose the, the, the right path and it'll help you to the right path I like that alright but hit us with the song of the day how about some new Meek Mill some new Meek Mill Meek Mill featuring Drake what's that do you know the name oh, of the song what's the song I'll find it. Meek Mill. The beef's over. They're friends again. (laughs) It's a jam. Uh, Thanks for sharing, bud. Yes, sir.
right, team, if you liked this podcast, please subscribe at the bottom of the page and also log into coachability.fit to stay up to date on our blogs, future podcasts, and anything that we got going on, including our mentorships. All right, that is coachability.fit. Stay coachable. Thank you.